Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. That was Ephesians chapter 5 that we're just reading there. And it's talking about the way that husbands are supposed to treat their wives in a marriage. And we know that this passage is talking about the picture that is illustrated by Christ, Jesus Christ, being the husband and the body of the church. Those of us who are believers collectively being the wife in that illustration. And this is something of a mystery to people who don't really want to understand. But also to some people who do want to understand and they just can't see it. But we're not really talking about the marriage part of it. Husbands and wives, Christ and the church. We're looking more at verse 26 there. Cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Husbands are supposed to help their wives understand the Bible and wives can help their husbands in some ways too, but the husband is really supposed to take the lead in reading the word, studying it, dividing it rightly and these kind of things in a marriage. The same way that Christ breaks it down for us when we really want the truth, when we really want to understand. Cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. I was thinking about that in terms of clean water versus filthy or dirty or muddy water. And you'll notice if you listen to us at all in this ministry, I usually talk about the Bible being the King James Bible and any other version of the Bible that you see out there, any other one is what I would call muddy or dirty water, water you don't really wanna drink. Why do I always make that an issue? King James Bible versus the Bible versions? Well, because you want clean drinking water. You want clean bathing water. You're not gonna go out in the mud and wash yourself, nor to get something to drink. You just gotta notice the muddy language and what we call Bible versions. I'm gonna try to move quickly because there's probably a lot here. We might have to break this up. And we can kind of go back and fill in some gaps later. But we're really looking at se- we're really looking at several uh, verses or passages here, right now. And the first one is First Corinthians chapter six, verses nine through eleven. If you want to look at that, you're going to notice that effeminate is mostly gone from all the other Bible versions except the King James. You got to ask yourself why, which is kind of kind of a rhetorical question. I kind of know the answer to it. I want other people to think about why. Some people do know the answer to this. Look what it says in the King James Bible. First Corinthians chapter six, it's starting in verse nine. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate 
nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. We've talked about this verse several times recently in this ministry, especially focusing on that word effeminate. Men being effeminate and it's also, of course, by proxy talking about women being masculine. We know people have different ways of acting and talking and being, but we're talking about when you're making a purposeful effort, that is men being effeminate and women trying to be like men. And the Bible makes it clear, not just here in this passage, that God is not okay with that. And we're just going to go through a few other uh, versions and see how they word this. Now, first, we're going to look at the New Living Translation, which is, I think, the one I got this passage out of, the New Living Translations. And they've got a copyright somewhere between 1996 and 2018. That's the kind of range that they're going to date that version. New Living Translation or the NLT. First Corinthians chapter six. Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or are abusive or cheap people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed, you were made holy, you were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. Now again, notice they took out the word effeminate. Now, you gotta ask me why I'm pointing that out. Because we're gonna read a few other Bible versions of that same passage coming up shortly here. The reason I'm making an issue of that is, and I think I've said this recently in another message, when you take the word effeminate out, that is like a stepping stone to sodomy or LGBT activities, as we'll call it. That is a stepping stone to it. You'll, you'll, I don't know about you, but I remember when I was younger, it was always kind of a joke for men to dress like women. I don't know if some of you might remember, like the football team would dress as the cheerleaders and the cheerleaders would dress as the football team. I think they called it powder puff back in the day. I don't know if they still have something like that. They probably don't need to do something like that now because everything is openly all flip flopped and, and confused. But back then, with hindsight, I can see the devil was just working on us all and making it a joke and, and making the whole thing a joke. And the guys had like fake breasts in their cheerleader uniforms dancing as the cheerleader girls, young women, would be out there in the field uh, throwing a football around with eye black under their, their eyes. It was a joke, but it was a stepping stone. It was being effeminate as something funny. Like, I, again, we've talked about this before where you see all the comedians, other people have noted this for many, many years. All of them have to dress like women, not just the comedians, pretty much any man in Hollywood. 
to get to a certain level of status, fame, power, box office, they're going to be dressed like women. And it's made to be funny. It's made to be entertaining. But it's a stepping stone. And as you'll, some of you already know, the Hollywood types, the high-level politicians, all the entertainment, all the sports stars, all these people, they're already gay. They're already more than effeminate. They, they play as if they're kind of against it or if it's a joke, but they're putting it on you. We're going to go too far with this because we got a lot to say here. We're going to look at the NIV. The NIV, 1984. I think there's an NIV 2010 or 11 or somewhere around there, which is probably put out of that republished or updated at that time to kind of compete with the King James Bible, which celebrated 400 years of existence in 2011. But 1 Corinthians chapter 6 in the NIV 1984, do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do, do not be deceived, neither sexually, do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Now, again, they take out the word that we're talking about, effeminate, and they'll turn it into male prostitutes and homosexual offenders. And there's a progression or a regression that all these versions do where they know people are not ready for open sodomy just over years, decades, this is what they've done. They, they slowly change the language. They change the meaning of words and, and things like Google and online dictionaries helping this stuff. But they're going to take out that word because they know it's a stepping stone. The devil knows. As I always say, he knows and most of the world knows that the King James Bible is the Bible, which is why they don't care about the NIV. They don't care about the NLT. Or any, or any of these other versions that we're looking at here. They'll never attack those. There's no question that those versions are not the Word of God, but there is a question about whether the King James Bible is. A lot of people, including me, believe fully, very confident that it is the Word of God in English and that God got it to us and, and we can get what we need from it, all that we need from it. But those other versions, everybody already knows that they're versions. That's why people are going to say, I'm going to use a million different versions. I'm exaggerating there, of course. I'm going to use all these versions to get a full understanding of the Bible. I'm going to use 50 different Bibles to get a full understanding. And the King James Bible is mixed in there, too. That's what they do. But I and I know other people may be listening right now. We believe you just need the King James Bible. Just stick with the one. Because there's one God. There's one real Jesus. There's a lot of false guys, but there's one real God. There's a lot, lot of false, fake Jesus Christs out there, but there's one real Jesus out there. And there's one word of God, and there's many false words of God. You see that? It's a lot of counterfeit dollars, dollar bills, or $100 bills or whatever, but there's a real one. And people who know what they're looking at, know what they're touching, they know the real from the fake. Stick with the real and you'll recognize the fake very easily. We're going to look at the ERV, the easy 
to read version. First Corinthians chapter six, surely you know that people who do wrong will not get to enjoy God's kingdom. Don't be fooled. These are the people who will not get to enjoy his kingdom. Those who sin sexually, those who worship idols, those who commit adultery, men who let other men use them for sex or who have sex with other men, those who steal, those who are greedy, those who drink too much, those who abuse others with insults, and those who cheat. In the past, some of you are like that, but you were washed clean, you were made holy, and you were made right with God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. At least they get the last part of that right, these versions so far. They say Lord Jesus Christ and Spirit of our God. At least that part has not really changed. So thank the Lord for that. But again, they take out the word effeminate. They, they want to take out the stepping stone. There's got to be a boundary that we're going to have to stop at. But they want to take away that boundary and kind of push it down field so you can go further into it. So you can still have the powder puff football games with men, uh, young men dressing up like women, cheerleaders. You can still have the Flip Wilsons and the Tyler Perrys dressing up like grandma. You can, and Adam Sandler or whoever it is, you can still have that because you're just joking around. You can still be effeminate. You can still have the BTS singing group. You can still have all that stuff. But they want to try to draw the line way downfield at men having sex with men and women with women. Why? We know why. Because they want to get you all the way down there to that line. You can look at that NRSB, the New Revised Standard Version, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, verse 9. Do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, male prostitutes, sodomites, thieves, the greedy, drunkards, revilers, robbers, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. And this is what some of you used to be. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. Again, they say male prostitutes and sodomites instead of what the Bible says. Effeminate and abusers of themselves with mankind. So the Bible, the King James Bible, the actual Bible is going to say you, you should not be effeminate nor a sodomite, open sodomite, LGBT actively participating person shouldn't be either one of those things but these other versions again I, I gotta repeat these things because right now it seems like people they can't think straight and they don't want to really look at these things so we repeat things sometimes in different ways just so we can hit it from different angles right there in uh nrsp that's saying you should not be a male prostitute nor a sodomite. So you can still be effeminate, but you can't be selling it for money or laying around with other men. Okay, now let's move on to the Amplified Bible. Now the Amplified Bible is interesting because I know a lot of people, I've heard a lot of preachers, they kind of have this, they, they want to use all these Bibles and they still will say the King James Bible is the best version. And then they'll put the Amplified Bible like as a 1A right below the King James Bible. They like that Amplified Bible for some reason. And they feel like it is, they say it's going to amplify 
what the what the word actually says. Now again, I, I just don't think you need even this. You don't need any of these versions if you're actually just reading the Bible. And it's like it's not good enough for people. I don't understand. You just need more knowledge. You just need to feel like you're getting more. What what I don't understand the issue there. But the Amplified Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. Do you not know that the unrighteous and the wrongdoers will not inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God? It's adding a lot there. Do you not be deceived? Parentheses misled. Neither the impure and immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor those who practice, who participate in homosexuality, nor cheats, parentheses, swindlers and thieves, nor greedy graspers, nor drunkards, nor foul mouths, nor foul mouthed revilers and slanderers, nor extortioners and robbers will inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God. And such some of you were once, but you were washed clean, purified by a complete atonement for sin and made free from the guilt of sin. And you are consecrated, set apart, hallowed, and you were justified, pronounced righteous by trusting in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit of our God. Now, right here, it just completely skips over some stuff. So you go back to verse 9 right there. Nor those who participate in homosexuality. So it just kind of squeezes effeminate and sodomite right together. Abusers of themselves, abusers of themselves with mankind, that is men with men. He squeezes that all together with being effeminate. So amplified, you'll notice there in that passage, 9 through 11, verses 9 through 11, it kind of expands a whole lot of stuff. But right there, it squeezes something together. That's very interesting. I thought he's supposed to amplify. Why Why'd you squeeze that part together? Why'd you squeeze the effeminate and the sodomite together? That's kind of interesting. Then we go to the New King James Bible. Let's look at this one. New King James Version. Somebody gave this one to me as a gift. And I heard somebody describe the New King James Version as kind of like a gateway drug to the Bible versions. Like you got the King James Bible, which is being straight. And the New King, New King James Version is kind of like weed or something. It's going to lead you to the crack cocaine that is <laughs> the NIV. So you got New King James uh, Version, New King James Version, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither, forn neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Okay, now go back to verse 9 again. It squeezes, it says homosexuals nor sodomites. Now we know that homosexuals is like somebody who's actually doing the LGBT lifestyle, if I can say it that way. And the sodomite is not just those people, but it's people who are endorsing it and taking pleasure in it or being entertained by the comedians who are dressing like women so the sodomite is like a bigger group of people than just homosexuals the sodomite is some part not only those people who are participating in it participating in it but they're 
loving it. They like to watch it. They they think they're, they're they're fascinated by it. They're entertained by it. They're friends with the homosexuals. But again, this is the New King James Version, and it's kind of getting you away from the pure language of the actual Bible. Again, it takes out effeminate. This is really interesting to look at this stuff. And we're going to move on. We're going to move on to another another verse or passage here. Let's look at Romans 16. Romans 16. Let's go back to let's go back to uh, the New Living Translation. Let's go back to the beginning there. But first, let's read the Bible. Let's read the Bible. Romans 16. And it's right at the beginning of that chapter. And the writer of Romans is writing in support or he's commending. I'll use the Bible word. He's commending a woman of the church to other believers. He's holding her up. I'm, I'm having trouble thinking of the right word there. He's endorsing her. It's like a letter of recommendation or commending. So Romans 16, right at the beginning of that chapter, I commend unto you Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church, which is at Chinchura, Chinchria. If I'm pronouncing that word incorrectly, forgive me. I commend unto you Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church, which is in, which is at Chinchria, that you receive her in the Lord as becometh saints and that and that ye assist her in whatsoever business she hath need of you, for she hath been a succorer of many, and of myself also a succorer. It's like she's supporting you, she's comforting you, she's helping you. Okay, so it calls Phoebe a sister, and it says she's a servant of the church. That's what we're focusing on right now. And this is right now we we're talking about. Sodomites there in First Corinthians. There's a long list of things that it has nothing to do with that. But that's what we're concentrating on because I see that's what the devil's concentrating on. And this in First Corinthians chapter six, right here in Romans 16, we're looking at the women now. And how these versions of the Bible are trying to make something out of women, trying to lift them up more than the Bible does. Remember, the, the devil is going to try to pervert or twist the order of the family, of the church, of society by making women the head when the Bible, that is the word, that is God, says that the men are the leaders. Not that women are not strong, smart, intelligent, and have some leadership skills, but the ideal is that the men are the heads of those three areas, society, family, and church. So all these versions are going to do something to chip away at that. Okay. So again, the Bible calls Phoebe a servant of the church. Now, what does the NLT, the New Living Translation do? Romans chapter 16, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a deacon in a church in Chintria. Welcome her in the Lord as one who is worthy of honor among God's people. Help her in whatever she needs, for she has been helpful to many 
and especially to me. So the NLT calls her a deacon. That takes her, lifts her, that lifts her above being quote unquote just a servant in the church, but it makes her a deacon, gives her an office in the church, which again, this is not scriptural, it's not biblical. And again, when you say these kind of things, like most preachers are not going to talk about this because most women are leading or helping lead most churches now, especially in America. So most preachers are not going to touch this kind of stuff because they know that people are going to get angry and a lot of women are going to get angry and a lot of men are going to get scared. So they're not going to even talk about what I'm talking about right now. But I don't have anything to lose. I'm just some guy sitting outside uh, doing a little Bible study here. I'm just looking right at plain language here. Why is the NLT lying? The Bible calls Phoebe a servant, and it speaks well of her. It says he commends her. She's a helpful person. She's a good woman. She's a godly woman, apparently. The Bible calls her or says that she's worthy of commendation. So why does the NLT try to exalt her even more than that? She's a leader in the church, is what the NLT says. Let's just put that aside for now. What about the NIV 1984? What does that say? Romans 16, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of, of the church in Centuria. Okay, the NIV 1984, it keeps it the same as the Bible. But I don't know what the newer version of the NIV says. So we might have to look at that later. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and to give her any help she may need from you, for she has been a great help to many people, including me. So the NIV 1984, okay, well, we don't have anything ill to say about that one. What about the ERV, the easy to read version? I want you to know that you can trust our sister in Christ, Phoebe. She is a special servant of the church in Chintria. Chintria. I ask you to accept her in the Lord. Accept her the way God's people should. Help her with anything she needs from you. She has helped me very much. And she has helped many others too. We're just going to look at the part where it adds she's a special servant. She's a special servant. Why does it call her a special servant? It's being a servant's not good enough again. All right, what about the NRSV, New Revised Standard Version? We're back here again. Romans chapter 16. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church at Centria, so that you may welcome her in the Lord as is fitting for the saints and help her in whatever she may require from you. For she has been a benefactor of many and of myself as well. Okay. The NRSV turns her into a deacon, like the NLT does. What about the Amplified Bible? What does that do with Romans 16, chapter, uh, verse 1 and 2? Now I introduce and commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deaconess of the church at Chintria, that you may receive her in the Lord with a Christian welcome, as saints, God's people, ought to receive one another and help her in whatever matter she may require assistance from you, for she has been a helper of many, including myself, shielding us from suffering. Okay, so now she's a deaconess. They try to be feminine about it, the Amplified does but it still gives her an office in the church. Is that biblical? Is it scriptural? I don't think so. Remember, we were talking about uh, Judges chapter four, Deborah. 
And some people try to use her as a kind of a feminist role model. And there's other women that they, they try to do that within the Bible. They try to lift them up. And again, it's because people are reading all these versions that are like these that are just confusing the matter. When if they just stick with the Bible, it, things will be more clear. Why are they trying to give her an office? Why are they trying to make her a special servant? It doesn't. Okay, well, let's just move on to the New King James Version. Romans chapter 16. I commend to you, Phoebe, our sister, who is a servant of the church in Chintria, that you may receive her. Okay, well, the New King James, like I ran out of paper there, or I ran out of copying paper, but that one keeps it servant. So the New King James version doesn't try to try to twist it up there. So the issue there is servant versus deacon or deaconess. It changes the way a, a church is even set up. That is the men or the leaders, the under shepherds, the pastors, the ones that are speaking from the pulpit. Remember, it says elsewhere in the Bible that a woman is supposed to be silent in the church. Not everywhere. Not that she's just supposed to be some meek little mouse in the house or on the street. But we're talking about in the assembly that she's supposed to be silent. And there's some reason for that. To be honest, I have trouble really taking that. But it's just what the Bible says. I just want to try to follow the Bible. And then I believe God will bless us for it. But we're going to look at one more last uh, verse or passage here, which is probably one of the more important ones. Let me pause here for a second. And this is a really important verse right here. This is probably a bigger deal than those first ones we, we just read. And we're looking at First uh, John chapter 5. Some of you who have kind of studied these issues about versions in the Bible and the people who published and, and translated some of these versions that I'm picking at right now. You already know what I'm going with this. It's first John chapter five, verse seven. I believe it's seven through eight. First John chapter five, seven and eight. The Bible, the King James Bible says, for, for there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree in one. All right. So let's look at the New Living Translation. Go back to the beginning of that list. First John chapter 5, verse 7. New Living Translation. So we have these three witnesses. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. And all three agree. Since we believe human testimony, surely we can believe the greater testimony. Oh, oh, that's all. First John chapter 5. Seven and eight. So we have these three witnesses, the spirit, the water and the blood, and all three agree. That's the whole thing. So it cuts out. The father, the word and the Holy Ghost that the actual Bible says there are three that bear record in heaven, says the Bible, the father, the word and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. That whole part is taken out. It only goes to the spirit, the water and the blood, which is in chapter or verse eight. Verse seven it completely chops it up. So we have these three witnesses is all it says in that. NLT in verse 7. And it goes, then it goes straight to 8. Okay, so why are you cutting out the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost? Why are you cutting out the Godhead? What happened? 
New Living Translation. That passage right there is really important. And there's a reason that they're going to take that out. The devil made them do it or influenced them. I guess the devil don't really make you do anything, does he? But he influenced these people to take that whole part out of the New Living Translation. Well, okay. So let's look at the NIV 1984. What does that say in 1 John chapter 5? Verse 7, for there are three that testify. And then it goes right to verse 8. The spirit, the water, and the blood, and the three are in agreement. It takes out the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, the Word, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to, I don't know whether to laugh or get angry. Why did it take that out? Okay, let's look at ERV, easy to read version. First John chapter 5. Verse 7. So there are three witnesses that tell us about Jesus. Verse 8, the spirit, the water, and the blood. These three witnesses agree. It takes out the Godhead again, or the Trinity, as some people might call it. I'm going to call it the Godhead. But it takes a whole thing out. All of them take it out. Let's look at uh, the NRSV, New Revised Standard Version. First John chapter 5, verse 7 and 8. There are three that agree. goes right to verse 8. The spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree. This is really evil. That's the first word that comes to mind. All right, the Amplified Bible. Why is it taking that out? Of course, I keep saying why. I'm just trying to get you listening to me right now. Why? Why are you taking that out, man? And why are people reading this stuff? This is trash. All right, so verse 7 and 8, 1 John chapter 5, in the Amplified Bible. This is Amplified. So, okay, this is what the preachers like, this Bible. Somebody gave me this Bible. A preacher gave me this Bible. Who knows? I've been making an issue out of King James Bible. I wonder why he gave me this Bible. Let's see. Verse 7. So there are three witnesses. And then it goes to italics in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. Verse 8. Still in italics. Italicized. And there are three witnesses on the earth. And then back to regular print. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree. And then the parentheses are in unison. Their testimony coincides. So it includes what's in the actual Bible, an Amplified Bible. The Amplified Bible doesn't take it out, but it puts it in italics. So it's kind of saying, oh, this kind of doesn't belong there. Why? Wow, man. New King James Version. Let's look at you. Get you on deck. Let's see about you. First John chapter 5. Seven and eight. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness on earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree as one. Well, it, this one stays with the Bible. Well, it is a new King James Version, but probably the next time they update this version, that's probably going to be gone. First John chapter 5, verse 7. Now, you, whatever Bible you're reading, whoever's listening to this, you need to go look at that passage and see what it says does it, does it take the godhead out does it take the father the word and holy spirit out then you might want to get with that king james bible if you don't already have it because there's a reason it's going to take that out it doesn't want you to talk about it. it doesn't want that in your heart in your mind something's wrong with that this is not minor stuff remember that old saying the devil's in the detail right he sure is you just need to go, and again, there's a lot going on in our ministry or with me right now. So there are times when I can't do the 
messages or study that I need to, but I would encourage anybody listening to this right now or watching this, go study the people who published these versions that I just mentioned. A lot of them, they're, they're openly witches, magicians, wizards, sodomites. They're, they're not, it's not a secret. And there's a reason that they change the things that I just pointed out there. There's a reason they're going to change stuff about being effeminate and or being a sodomite. There's a reason they're going to change stuff about the order of men and women on in society, church, and a home. And there's a reason that they are or are not going to include mention of the Godhead, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. There's a reason for that. And they're influenced by the enemy. Devil influenced people hate the King James Bible. And again, I think I already mentioned this, but notice how no one attacks any so-called Bible version. They only try to tear down the KJB. Now, this whole idea of gaining a greater understanding because you're consuming many different versions of the Bible alongside the actual Bible, the King James Bible, it's usually the exact opposite. It's usually the exact opposite of what happens. Now, we know and understand that a percentage of people are real read and faithful enough in terms of scripture to handle uh, reading a lot of stuff like that. And they can dig into Hebrew and Greek as well, and they might be able to rightly divide the words of God. I think that's a very small group, though. Most people, I would say the overwhelming majority, they cannot do that. They're just going to get confused and they're going to lose faith. They're going to start doubting the word. They're going to become editors of the Bible. I've seen it happen over and over again. They've been in church 50 years and they've never read the actual Bible all the way through. Or even if they have, not with much depth and, and study and believing what they read. So they have all these different Bibles, so-called versions that have purposely been edited to change basic doctrines and they feel smart but they're confused you can't tell them they think they got it just stick with the kjb and with one authority if you're a daddy or a mama do you want a bus full of other dads and moms telling your child what to do alongside you i don't know anybody who would say yes to that unless they're just being contrary no, it's one voice, or in the case of parents, it's one set of voices. Again, we say it often. One, no one ever questions whether the NIV, NLT, ESV, RSV, Amplified, or all these things are the word of God, quote-unquote. The only dispute is over the King James Bible. The only dispute is over the King James Bible. The point is, there is a dispute, a question. There is a dispute. A lot of folks believe it is. You can't therefore lump it in with all these other bible versions nor with any whatever you call sacred text or any other book period any other thing if we say that doesn't matter you a lie it's never been debunked it's never been disproven you ain't got to try to debunk the niv the publishers come right out and tell you it changes to fit the times every time a new version comes out of that or other these other versions you can look right in the preface and it tells you that. People don't see it though. They don't read that part. I did. I actually dig into this stuff. God help me. Everybody steps up to bat against the KJB 
And all of them just strike out, but they just keep on coming up. Every single one of them. You, you got next, huh? Look, when you edit and dilute over and over, as has been done with all the versions, you lose power. I mean, you can see this easily in the natural, just from uh, pouring water into your coffee or Kool-Aid or, or God help you, your alcohol beverage. If you actually drink that stuff, there's a reason it's called intoxication. You're talking about alcohol. Toxin is in that word. But anywhere watering, watering down happens in the spiritual realm as well. Everything physical or natural or material, it begins in the spiritual. And I find it odd to hear somebody claim to believe in God, in a creator, omniscient, omnipresent, and then go forth denying spiritual things. Denying spiritual things that transcend the, the, the material or the natural. One authority is the issue here that I'm pointing to with all this. It's one boss. It's one father. It's one standard. Not 50. It's one voice. You're talking about parents again. The, the parents are a knit cord and consistent in how they deal with the, chi the kids, the children. It's one Bible. It's one Bible, not a porridge of them. Oh, are you KJV only? KJV only? Yes, I, I guess I am. This ain't, or there, there ain't no NIV only people, are there? If if you're out there, come find me. I want to see you. I want to talk to you. There ain't no ESV only people. I mean, you can have all those versions. You can have all the devil voices. You won't get more from all them than I, I'm going to get from my one book. And I just want you to know that if what I'm saying offends you or bothers you, cuts you, irritates you, just ask yourself why. Why does me saying that I cling or cleave to that one book make you scoff or angry, make you into a madman? Why does that King James Bible have to be the one that makes you mad? You got to examine your heart and ask the Lord why.